0: Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message.
1: All right, uh, I wanna welcome our first time guests. If this is your first time with us, welcome. For those that are watching us online if this is your first time watching online we want to welcome you as well um, welcome you. as I said one of the benefits of being on uh, of, of, of having online service as well is that we we get to really expand and grow the church to many different areas where Amen. we just couldn't do just so those that are watching us out of state and even out of country welcome so all month in our church, in our church uh, here at Scarlet Note, um, we, we talk about different topics, different topics. And 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 last month we focused on God's love for women, and 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 the women had an entire month, and it was a spectacular month. The women did an amazing Woo-hoo!
2: job. Yes.
1: Man, can I tell you, the room was so filled with estrogen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we needed to balance things out. So, so the month of the month of 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 June, we we then honor men and we celebrate men and the, the fathers and and so we we're talking to men. And um, last week, if you were not here last week, um, it was Father's Day, and for Father's Day. I did, I had a Father's Day chat with my two sons, uh, Pastor Jose and uh, um, Tank Top Adrian. <laughs> I'm like, he trying to show muscles? Is that what he's doing? And every time he lifts his hand, I mean, his, his arms, stuff is showing. I'm like, ew, man, put that away. <laughs> Hey man I might be old-fashioned but man anyway but 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 we did a conversation we had a conversation and uh, many people we got we got a lot of feedback about that conversation um, I don't know how many people were blessed by that but um, it gave an opportunity for many families and people to reflect on their relationship with dad their relationship with their parents and be able to go back and um and 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 maybe revisit relationships and things that have done have been done and have been said in the past and so i really hope that you were so blessed Um, so for those that are here for the first time my name is jose Um, if i didn't say that already my name is jose and together with my wife becky and uh, the, the most amazing staff we get to spearhead this ministry, yeah. and um, and this ministry just focuses on family. Yeah. We do. We literally focus on family. We want to see wives be the best wives, husbands be the best husbands, and 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 be the best dads and be the best moms, and and, and for the single people to be the best single people, and yeah. for those that are widows, the best. I mean, just 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 the best. Of the best in whatever circumstance and wherever you are we just want to be a place where we can have a safe place to have healthy conversation and continue to grow and follow the pathway of Jesus so many parents give their children their own version of God's truth listen carefully many parents will give their children their own version of God's truth and then that truth becomes a God truth In their children. We were never called to give our children our version of God's truth. Because he doesn't need our help. And he doesn't want our help. So he just wants us to give our children his truth. And it is his truth that will not come back void. You know Eli was a a priest in Israel. And um, the Bible says that he would not correct his children. And because he would not correct his children, and by children, I'm talking about they were men at that time. He was holding those men accountable. Knowing that his children were violating laws, God had to deal with not just his sons harshly, but also with Eli. Jesse, who is King David's father, the Bible says that he raised eight sons. Eight sons. When they were going to elect a king, God had sent a prophet by uh, the name of Samuel to go and, 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 and search out for the one that he had anointed to be the king. When this man visits Jesse at the house, he goes to the house, and the first one that he saw, qualified. And God goes, nope, not this one. Then he goes, he sees, the, bring me the next one. He sees the next one, he goes, qualified. And God goes, it's not that one. And he does this seven times. Jesse, to his credit, raised men that were king quality in the eyes of other men. And then obviously, for those that know the story, there was the eighth one that, was, uh, that he didn't even consider uh, to be among uh, the elect. But, but when, when, when the, the prophet saw him, He knew that this was going to be the king of Israel. My point is, my point is that as a father, this man raised eight men that were all qualified for the role of a king. God said of Abraham, I know that he will raise his sons to fear the Lord. Out of Genesis chapter 18 and I think I have this here on my phone. Uh, please forgive me for the way we're doing this. Things are different. Usually we have the scriptures up there. We don't have this particular one. We don't have it. Don't freak out, guys. Don't freak out. But this particular. Look, Johnny's John, like, okay. Uh. But, <laughs> but, um, but this scripture, I have it here. I wanted I want to control things. This is what he said about Abraham. He said, I have singled him, him. He didn't single his wife. Husbands, Mm -hmm. men, are you listening? This is not hierarchical. That's not what this is. This isn't about hierarchy. No, but he said, I have singled him out so that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Then I will do for Abraham all that I have promised. Men are vital. Men are vital in our lives. Can't believe no one said amen. amen. Wow. Oh, I didn't hear it. It was like under the, like you should just just, just, just like we were cheering you women. All right. we, we need to be cheered. <clears throat> Luis, you see how they treat us?
2: <laughs>
1: That's not cool, man. Men are vital to life. Man and what man is, is currently being redefined in our country. It's being redefined and reduced to just being a mere feeling. If you feel like a man, then you are a man. And Jordan Peterson said these words, and not that I'm here Uh, promoting Jordan Peterson or or his narrative, but I like this quote. He said that if you don't say what you think, then you kill your unborn self. When you have something to say, silence is a lie. You have to speak up. Many men today have lost their oomph to stand up for themselves and for fellow man and humanity. Many men have ceased to cease life and they merely exist in their homes. They have no purpose in their homes other than work, make money, and pay bills. And those are the good ones. Many men have no purpose, no direction, no models or mentors. They have turned to athletes, professional athletes, as their models Rappers and singers and actors, and now even they've reduced themselves to now follow influencers on YouTube and TikTok. Why? Because there aren't capable, qualified men to lead. First Corinthians, we have it, don't we? We have that one, don't we? Paul said. Paul said these words. Man, are you listening to me?
2: Yes.
1: He said, when I was a child, that means that there's a season to be a child. Then I spoke and I thought and I reasoned as a child.
2: But. Come on. on.
1: When I grew up. Man, it's time to grow up. Come on. Amen. It is time, time to grow up. What do you do when you grow up? And many of you single women are out there looking for those childish ways. You're chasing these boys. You're not, you're not interested in men. All right, let me stop there because y'all had y'all months. Mar- no, no. Y'all had y'all months. Mar- no, we're moving forward. We're moving forward. We're moving forward. Let me go to the next verse here before I bring up. Listen to the conversation between two kings. One king is, is, is dying and, and he's going to now, he's, he's passing things down to his successor. And at the time of his death, these are the words that he is sharing to his successor, his son. He says, as the time, as the scripture says in 1st King chapter 2 verses 1 through 2, it says, as the time of King David's death approached, he gave this charge to his son Solomon. Of all the things he could have said to his son, of all the things he could have said to his son, Of all the things he could have said to his son, of all the things he could have said to his son, this is what he said. He said, I'm going where everyone on earth must someday go. Take courage. Be a man. Several movements have targeted the idea of what a man is. And they've gone on, on a blatant outright war against those conservative values and biblical definition of what a man is. And by conservative, I'm not saying a political right. It's not what I'm talking about. All right? I'm not taking any political positions here. So, more than ever before, man and what man stands for is going through a social grinder and it's reshaping, it's trying to reshape men into something far, far, far off from what God intended man to be. And this is a conversation that I want to have. I want to help stir the hearts and the minds of those that are here this morning and those that are watching us online into reflecting on using the power of the Holy Spirit to help help see truth by way of the convictions of the heart when it comes to the matter and the issues of manhood. Many men, Many men are afraid to speak up in their circumstances. To voice how they feel. The things that ail them and afflict them. So they hide. They hide. They suppress. They, they, they try to uh, numb real life issues and situations with substance abuse. Overworking and other vices. Just to numb the things that are natural in them. We want you to know that men like women are precious. Men like women are precious.
2: Thank you.
1: Not only are they precious, but they are needed. Men are the cornerstone, the success of society, and all around the world. They're needed. They're vital. Men were made in the image of God and get their worth from their creator. Every little boy will someday be a man. Every little boy, moms, if you're in this place, your little boy will be a man someday. As every man that is in this room was also once a little boy. Adolf Hitler, Ted Bundy, Pablo Escobar, Al Capone, Jeffrey Dahmer, Osama bin Laden. They all have one thing in common. They were all once an empty canvas in the hands of a mom and the hands of a dad. They were all victims themselves of the external influence that are today plaguing your children. So I'm going to ask Rebecca, I'm going to ask Jessica to come and join me in this conversation, this chat. Last week, I had a conversation with their husbands. My sons This morning I hope to now uh, Be able to Have a conversation with these guys Now I prepared 24 questions Now I got stuff to say Stuff to ask Now I talked I talked to Adrian and Jose And they had Seven questions So um, I don't know how long this is going to be Um, we we can skip some questions we can we can you can literally how about this how about if you say skip that one how about you can all right but Rebecca um this is Rebecca this is my daughter-in-law and you have now been in my life how many years 13 years 13 years in my life as a daughter-in-law all right as a daughter-in-law uh, this is Jessica on my right hand, and she also has been she too has been in my life now how many years? Ten. Ten years. Mm-hmm. Alright. So I, I want to give you guys I want to give you guys the perspective of being man, but I want to give you that perspective from the eyes of a woman. From the mouth of a woman, from the perspective of a woman. Okay, from the heart of a woman. Alright? So I left Becky out there because is she going through something. <laughs> so she was here, but then I, I just de- I just just we yeah. We were like, nah, sit down. No, no, no. No. No, not at all. That's not what it is. But um let me start real quick with some with simple things, all right? Um Jessica, how many siblings do you have? I have two. Two. Boys, girls, what? One brother, one sister. Okay. Older? Both. So you are the baby? I am. They're
0: eleven years older and thirteen.
1: Uh, Rebecca,
3: excuse. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have five brothers and four sisters from the same mom and the same dad. Oh, right yeah.
2: wow.
1: It's a lot of busyness. <laughs> no, literally. Yeah. Uh, uh, tell me, uh, Rebecca, what does mom mean to you? What does mom mean to you?
3: Wow. So mom.
1: Keep it short. Sure, okay, we yeah. got 24 questions.
3: So mom, mom, mom is everything. Um, mom was the pillar of our house. Um, she was always there. She never gave up. She never left. She was consistent.
1: Uh, Jessica, what does mom mean to you?
0: Uh, pretty, sim- <laughs> pretty similar. Pretty um, similar. My mom was my example of what I wanted to be as a woman, and um, her courage, her her fight, her she was uh, she is an amazing woman. She's strong. Um, yeah, just everything I wanted to emulate.
1: All right. Well, add, to add to that then, tell me about dad. What does dad mean to you?
0: Uh, in general or my dad? <laughs> Your dad. My dad. Um, I love my dad. Um, but I've I've had to learn to love him for who he is and how he loves. Okay. Um, my dad is a wonderful man. He is a hard worker. He too is brave and courageous and um, Mm -hmm. has been through a lot. And um, he's a war veteran, a victim of violence. And so there's just been a lot in his life and just to see all the things that he's overcome. And he is a horse. He's beat cancer
3: three times. He's—it's right. just he just—he is a rock,
1: right. a rock. Rebecca, what does that mean to you?
3: Um, um I shared before, my dad is a great man. He—he he is a, he was—he passed away last year, but he was a great friend, a great member in the church, a great person. You met him. He—he mm-hmm. he can talk. He was good, but he was not that at home. So I just always wanted to experience that. The dad that I saw in the church, that I saw with family members, or I saw in the streets. So it's why I always wanted that. Okay. But that was amazing, man, and, and I always um, wanted to enjoy that at home, but didn't happen that way all the time.
1: Okay. Um, Jessica, was there ever a moment in mom's life where you thought to yourself blank would be easier if dad was here or if dad did this or if dad's involvement was included in the matter? Were there, was there ever a time as a kid that you thought, man? Ah, and if so? Um, and, and, and again, we're not here to bash oh yeah. dads. We're, we're, we're here to have a conversation. This is a chat, all right?
0: I don't think it was necessarily a moment of, like, if he was here, this would be better, but it was more um, if he was healed and able to communicate Mm -hmm. and felt like he had a voice and could be vulnerable. Just bring
1: me the whole box. We're gonna do this all day. We're gonna do this.
0: We came prepared. We brought
1: them. <laughs> <laughs> put them up here, right there. Okay. Um,
0: you know, it was it was more of if he could be vulnerable and and communicate the way I know that he wanted to. Um, it could have been a lot better for her.
3: So what was the question? The question mom is said, yeah, yeah, I would wish my yeah. dad was.
1: There. Was there ever a moment in your mom's life where you thought where you thought you know what it would be easier if, if that was present yeah. if he was involved in this matter.
3: So my mom had ten kids. 10 kids. And that was not there here and there like a couple of years he will, uh he also fought um tuberculosis and was sick and went, so he was not there a lot of times, and my mom worked so hard. So every night, my mom would never stop because even with Solero, I always had a warm meal. With Solero, I always had like a clean house, a beautiful house. So she worked, I don't know, 18 hours in the day at home. She never had hold a job outside the house, but she was a seamstress. She would make dresses for people. She would, Make sure that we had everything. And at, at the end of the day, I saw my mom so tired. Like, so tired. face was tired. I was like, come on. Like, why my mom, life has to be too difficult. And not, never, I never saw my mom still rested. She was always tired.
1: So... You saw an experienced life seeing mom and seeing your dad. Tell me now, as a young single woman, this is before your how many years now? 13?
3: 13.
1: And before your 10 years, single women, what was your personal head and heart space about men? What were your thoughts about men? Now you're single. You're no longer what you're no longer under the grip of mom or dad. You're single women, independent in the world. What is your headspace? What are your thoughts about a
3: man? So for me, I never met a man, or never had somebody as simple in my life where I saw that the wife was the priority. Growing up. Every experience, even in church, I never saw a man look into his wife and say, oh, that's his priority. So, I even, I dated a, a couple of guys hey. and I never a saw. Couple guys.
1: Did couple? hear that? <laughs> a couple guys.
3: serious. One had a motorcycle. <laughs>
1: Let's go. On. Yeah.
3: But I never saw myself as a priority for them, it Was something else always. So I, I always thought I, I'm not going to get married mm-hmm. because I was not willing to settle mm-hmm. and I was not willing to be with somebody that I would not be his priority or I would not be fulfilled. And I always say to myself, I'm not going to get married to be unhappy. So I didn't wanted to get Stop. married. Say that again. I didn't
1: wanted to get married to be unhappy. Amen. Amen. So, so you? Yeah. Me. Single. Yep. Yeah. What are you thinking about men? Um. How, how, what's going? How do you see men? Perspective with men.
0: So. <clears throat> I saw them. The men in my home and the men that I dated obviously were different characteristics, but um, I had a few men as well. were Adrian <laughs> and uh, <Yeah. laughs> you know, I'm older. So you know, we're older. You know, there's more time in, right. on the earth. Um,
2: <laughs> oh, my <goodness. laughs> um,
0: but my experience was. Uh, I come from a blended family times two um my dad had a previous marriage and my brother and sister came from that marriage and then he married my mom and then my parents divorced and he got remarried so I've
1: and your parents divorced after how many years? 19 and both Christians?
0: yes um and so I learned a lot about what I didn't want very
1: good
0: um and that was my example not because they're bad people i just how i wanted to deal with things the type of man i wanted to communicate with and things like that and then
1: stop there for a second and the reason i'm asking this particular question is because those that are parents now i want you to know regardless of the words that you speak you're always teaching something to your children You're teaching something to your children and your conduct and your behavior, the way the way you treat mom, the way you treat dad. You're always teaching something. They're learning something from you. You are a teacher. So this is why I'm asking that question. Based on what you saw, based on what you experienced, what was the headspace uh, of a man and how do you see him? Okay.
0: Um, and then dating, I just men sort of just became a I was, it was just always negative. It was never, uh, it was just the way they made me feel. It was always never good enough. There was always something better. Um, And I wasn't ever treated with respect or love um, in any way. So as a single woman before Adrian, I just kind
1: of was done. Don't mention your husband at all. all. Don't even mention his name. (laughs) You're single now, all right? You're single. Don't mention. Yeah,
0: I was done. I I uh, I just was done. I was done chasing something that felt impossible. I was done looking. I was done dealing with the mess, um, the way it made me feel. I just I never had a good experience. I had.
1: it was terrible so so let's stop there okay so then so then what then um, for you Rebecca uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna double up these two questions okay so listen carefully what were your plans for your life in contrast to mom number one what were your plans okay Uh, and just you listen carefully okay what were your plans for your life in contrast to mom and where did men fit in those plans So By the way, when I sent these questions to them, they were like, really? Like, this is the stuff we're talking about? So um, go ahead, because I I know they're not easy questions.
3: So uh, when I was little, I don't know, maybe like five, my mom and I, we got like a prophecy from a preacher in the church that will be a ministry somehow. So my mom, since that age... She was always uh, putting me accountable, hey, you're going to do this for God, don't forget. So, But in my mind, my plans were, I'm tired of a struggle. I'm going to do a career. I'm going to do a professional career. That was always my dream and my focus. My mom was like, I don't know if this is you because remember, <laughs> God wants something with you and stuff like that. So I was like, mom, it's nothing here. Like, I, I'm... I'm not even close to the pastoral family. Like, it's not... A ministry for me is not possible.
1: You didn't see
3: it, right? You, I didn't see it. So, for me, my my dream and my goal is, like, I'm not going to get married. I'm going to support my mom. I'm going to support my family. And that was my goal. Uh, it's like, I'm going to do good in life, but professionally. That was my my, my goal. But my mom was like, oh, no, I don't think that's... you." But because my mom didn't know how peaceful put together. Because I was... We didn't have grey men in our church. So oh. like well, where where is this going to come from? You know like so um, so we didn't know how. But my mom knew you gonna serve God.
2: Yeah.
3: What are you doing professionally, I think it's not that all that you gonna do. So and then man, I I never picture myself married. Because again, I did so potential and when where I grow up, so I was like, "Oh no it's, it's not for me. Okay.
1: Just contrast to mom, your plans, and then where did men fit in it
0: uh, my mom always told me that I would marry a musician <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> from when I was a little girl okay. she <laughs> she saw it, mm. and uh she always saw me um, independent and strong and in the creative world and just, her and I always had those conversations and um, every time I would introduce her to someone, she'd be like, oh, he's nice, but he's temporary. You know, he's that's not it. And I'd be like, mom, don't you? I love him. And she's like, no, he's nice. And, uh, I think because of what I didn't have at home, in terms of my parents' marriage, and my brother's marriage, um, and just everything that I had seen, I looked, and probably forced a certain love in relationships, so I was looking to men to fulfill that hole in my life. And I wanted to be married so badly and I was willing to change everything about myself to be loved and have it. Yeah. Um, and lost myself. So it because I wanted so badly to be loved right. and I wanted so badly to have the family that I know I longed for. But I just wasn't going about it in
1: the best way. So 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 now, we're going to fast forward, right? Now come the dudes.
2: <laughs> yeah! <laughs> come
1: on. So, Rebecca, I'm gonna start with you. Uh, you, are, you are in the United States on a tourist visa, right? Is it tourist t- or a n- tourist
3: visa? Yeah. Okay, all
1: right. And this is temporary. You're here to learn English, to study.
3: Yeah, I wanted to stay three months. That's okay. that was your mass, plan, yeah. right?
1: Okay. Um, you come to a church. At the time, it was your brother's church. It was your sister's church, and you come and you're visiting. And you see this young man. At the time, was how old?
3: Nineteen, I believe. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was 23 already.
1: She was 23, and this boy is 19. I was a baby. What? What? Tell me initially. Initially, right? When you saw him the first time, what went through your heart and mind, if anything, when you first saw him? So, your first, just just at a glance.
3: So I. He is cute. Like, when I saw him, like, uh, you know, I I have always a problem. I ignore guys. I wanted to make them feel bad. Like, that was my game. Like, I I would never... Hold on,
1: hold on, hold on.
3: No. And and hold
1: hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Because see, you think it's just a strategy, no, it's but a lot of times these are behaviors that you have learned as a result of the consequences at home. And this is how you approach everything. All right, so go ahead.
3: So I always ignore guys, so I remember Papa approaching me. Oh, Pastor Jose, sorry. It's
1: Pastor.
3: And um, number one, when I dated, I dated guys older than me. Because I like, young guys are but I, I had hope that at least an older guy, not, not older, like ten years older than me, yeah. it would be like has some qualities at least. But they didn't. So So when he approached me, um, he didn't know English. And he didn't know Spanish. I'm sorry, he didn't know Spanish and I didn't know English. But he he was like I don't know, he, he, and I think you're going to ask my question about this, but yes, I will. my first impression was uh, nothing is going to happen, you are young, and I'm going to ignore you. Well, how I'm did, not you know, going how to, did you know he was young? Because he looked young. He was a skinny, <laughs> so tiny. <and> huh? <laughs> I didn't know his age, but he looked young.
1: Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's move... Let's move to Jessica. <laughs> Quickly, guys. I got to. We got to go through these questions because it's. Hey, listen. And, and if you have to go to work today, and or, or what it, you know, and you have to quietly, just, you know, go go for. I don't want to rush this conversation either. So, so go ahead. Thank you.
0: Most
1: <laughs> when you saw Adrian, your hubby for the very first time, what went? Let's go. Let's go.
0: <laughs> That's now, I that don't count.
1: <laughs> what went through your head or your heart? If anything. This was your first encounter. That's what I'm asking. I'm not asking when you first met and you <laughs> dated, no. What was your initial perception when you saw them at first?
0: There wasn't one. <laughs> not in not in ruminous, but I'm also <laughs> older than Adrian. So, and I also came from the same mindset, especially after failed relationships with uh, dating some older guys, not 10 years, but you know, older. And so, it, and I was a single mom when I met Adrian. And so, I for sure was not looking in the direction Far of good. anyone younger than me, uh, at all, and it wasn't even a consideration to me. So it was there like you. more, hey, hey, kiddo, is what I called him. <laughs> I was like, hey, kiddo.
2: <laughs> hey, hey, but she seen me. All right. <laughs>
1: all right, here we go. Here we go. Now, now let's move forward. Now let's move forward. What then happened in your heart, Rebecca? What happened in your heart? What happened in your mind? That open you to even considering the seemingly young person. Now that listen, you have siblings that are eh.
3: everybody's older than. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so go ahead. What happened?
3: So, um, so we met in June when I went to the church, and in July he asked me for a date, and he took me for a Starbucks coffee, like a chat. And he, I don't know how, he was able to speak more Spanish, I don't know how. His papo said he went through a fast, yeah. a fast program. Yeah. And, and remember, everything that we thought in church for maybe three weeks was, hola, como esta, like, it was the whole thing that he was talking to me. So I was not, I was just, oh, hola. So he invited me for a coffee. And, and I remember, maybe he practiced for this, but that, this is, what was that? So, he's a guy that's younger than me. Okay, hold
1: on. Listen, guys, listen carefully. Go ahead.
3: He was a guy younger than me, and he knew, because he knew that I would be staying for two or three months in, in the United States, and he said, I want to marry you. And, and, Stop. What? The first day, he said, I want to marry you. He didn't ask me, oh, can listen, you be hold on? Hold baby?
1: on. And this is what gets me with young single women. That the very first thing is about, let me go to bed with you. <laughs> All right, let me stop. So he said, I, I want I, to, be, and I, I remember this. Listen, course. hold on, hold on. 19 years old. What is in the heart and what is in the mind of a young person uh-huh. that says, I'm not looking to have a fling? I'm looking for a wife.
3: So he say, um, everything that I want is to be a husband, is to be a dad. And he say, I don't have, I don't know, I don't have nothing to figure out. Figure out. I know you're going to be living, but I want to marry you, and we're going to have ups and downs because I, I'm not prepared for this. But I want to marry you. And remember, I was dating guys in the past that were older, and. And then didn't have a plan. And I was like, this guy wants to marry me without figuring it out first. And for me, that was like, he is ready. Like, he is ready and he wants me. And, and that was- Stop for a, a moment.
1: Me. Because some of you guys are thinking <laughs> that the wife is the topper on top of the cake of everything you're trying to build. Including your finances, your career, all of those things, and, and so the wife is the last thing that we add to everything. It's the wife is the last thing, all right. So, so because this is the way we've been taught, go get your, go experience life, experience the world, go travel, go do this, and get your schooling and get all of those, do all of those things, and then so you settle down. So now, now this is a woman that says, oh, wait a minute, his game is different. Mm-hmm. He's talking about marriage. Okay.
3: So, I, at this point, I was done with my career, and this guy, told me, I don't have nothing figured out, I'm ju- I just finished high school, but I want to marry <laughs> you, and you're going to be fine. Yeah. High school. Yeah, she just finished
0: college. <laughs>
3: Actually I was in the United States because I one I was one of the best students in Mexico and they gave me some cash to go somewhere to study some English. So I used the cash and I pay for CISO College so here in Medellin. <laughs> <Middle laughs> okay. Right.
1: okay, so let's stop there. So that's your now something starts to happen in your heart.
3: I that moment I was like butterflies, that was the moment. Aww. Good yeah.
1: A cup of coffee. A cup of coffee. It was expensive. Hold on. A cup of coffee. Listen, a cup of coffee, and the true and genuine authentic heart of a man. Sit. Sit. Come on. No games. No no flowers and strawberries and teddy bears and tinsel.
3: Oh, he brought me flowers.
1: Oh, he did. Okay. Well, good job, son. But what I'm saying is, butterflies already. All right. Boom. You.
0: Um, so for me, it was-
1: so something didn't happen because kiddo now, kiddo now, something happened. Came daddy.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: daddy. Uh, so for me. <laughs> I was a, I became a very big actions person because I had relationships where things were promised and things were said, and then there was nothing ever to back it up. So, uh, also like Babel, uh Adrian, we were leaving worship practice or something at church, and I remember we were in the lobby. He's 20, because this is before, 20. I'm 25, single mom, single dad. And, just moved back from California. And he looks at me in the lobby, we've probably had little to zero conversations other than hey kiddo, (laughs) back and forth, like hi and bye. And he looked at me and he said, I'm gonna marry you someday. And I laughed at him and I said pray about it. (laughs) With no intention of considering it. Uh, And then, for a good year. By
1: the by, the way, had 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 that move ever? I mean, anyone ever said that to you? Like, like
0: no, not even the people <laughs> I had dated for two years yeah, said it. that to me. All right. Um. And so I, I it wasn't a consideration. So then, for eight, about a year and eight months,
1: a year and a half. The question was. Uh-huh. The question was when. All right. Mm-hmm. Now something happened. Yep. Okay. Go.
0: So after mm-hmm. a year and a half of him asking me out on dates and me saying no, I, you and Mom were out of town,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and Adrian was tasked with making sure that the third service that Sunday was handled from top to bottom. And we were both serving on the worship team, so we ended up serving at all three services because we were doing worship at all three services. So I literally spent the entire day with him and we had built a friendship by now Um, but I remember at some point during that day looking at him and seeing him serve Mm -hmm. um, with excellence and just his heart behind making sure everything was okay Mm -hmm. and not just okay but right and you weren't there to tell him Mm -hmm. And just seeing that honor and respect that he had and just that heart for serving and worshiping, and um, it, that was the day where I was like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I texted him that night and I said, why me? Ooh. Ooh. Because, so because, <laughs> because I had men in my yeah. life tell me that I was the one and that they loved me, and then it all fell through because somebody prettier, somebody better, somebody that filled a need that I didn't came Oh, along. there's never
1: no one better, don't say and that. And so, yeah.
0: <clears throat> but for them, yeah. I was the fixer, and then they went and took them fixed selves to, and, to somebody else. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so, Darn. for me, it was like, I was waiting for him to drop the ball after a year and a half of like, he'll get over it, he's young, I'm a phase, like somebody else will come in, he'll be fine. Like I'm a single mom, there's no way in heck he wants me. And the ball never dropped. He was consistent, he considered how I, he considered who was around him because he always wanted to make sure that I knew that his eyes were on me. Even when I was rejecting him, his consistency, All the way through, even with me telling him no. And then that day that we had.
1: So we got to move fast with some of these answers. Hold on. But but now listen to this. Hold on. Rebecca, for you, right? When did you know that this guy is the guy that you were going to put it all on the line for? Rebecca, for you. It meant that you were gonna leave mom leave your family leave your siblings leave your country leave a culture that you were brought up in leave a whole life that you knew and some what of a life that you had control of and now you were and you were putting it all on the line for a complete unknown what is the force what was the power in you and what was it in your husband that moved you to take this unmeasurable risk uncalculable
3: so from that first day i i started growing love for him so that was like kind of the the butterfly moment And then we really, and to be honest, we really never had a full conversation before getting married, because the language was the struggle there. So it was kind of like snips of of moments that we were able to communicate. However, I understood after that day, and a couple more days, that I will be the priority. And that we'll be able to work together to be happy. And and never he never told me, Oh, but this is the way that I am and you had to figure it out because like kinda like I always I saw that in men that oh I'm like this and you just had to Check kinda it uh, yeah kinda like jump with me and he always like hey um I don't know I don't know how this gonna be but we're gonna figure it out together. And I saw the light that I was like I can grow a potential happy life. Because we can work together, like we can do it. Like he was willing to to learn with me, and 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 when I went back to Mexico in, in December, I was here from June to December, and I started preparing the wedding. I took a wedding dress with me, and because we were. Hey
1: guys, these guys just mad, and now, boom! It's just just the the, the amount of like. The timing, you cannot believe it. We're parents, and this is our 19-year-old boy, our son.
3: Holy. So Wawa. when I went back to Mexico from December to April, there was our wedding in April 2010, I had my moment like, oh, I'm going to be living forever. It's not coming back. And, and I started like figuring out, I don't know this guy. And... <laughs> And we were kind of like trying to call each other at night, but was so difficult. That time phones were not like now. They were like, "What's so difficult?" He spent a lot of money trying to call me international. What's, what's difficult?" And, and I have I had mo- Skype camera <laughs> And I didn't have Internet in my home. So <laughs> but I had my doubts, but I, I knew the potential of being happy. And I knew that it would be difficult because I'll be in another country without my mom. But I I saw the potential of building a happy life.
1: And Jessica, for you, it wasn't without risk. Now, I don't want to give all of the details about um, where you were in your life. That's totally up to you. But um, I, I know all that you had going on from moving from California To Delaware things were not going quite as you had want or planned and now you're returning back home to Delaware to try to put pieces back together so you know I'm gonna let you elaborate on that but but same question for you what is the force what what happened in you and what was it in Adrian that moved you to say I've I've, I've had all this stuff in my life, all this junk and these, these circumstances but this feels right. What was it?
0: Um, so, coming from California, I, because of what I was lacking and because of how I conducted myself I lost myself and um, was living pretty recklessly and I got pregnant in California and I moved back home to Delaware and had to just start from zero Um, and I realized through my pregnancy stop mm -hmm.
1: for a second because you you said yeah I, I got pregnant yeah I did and I want you to know that wherever you are young ladies listen to me even young men listen to me if you've had one of those moments where you now have a child. I don't ever want you to think that you are damaged goods. I never want you to think that you have to reduce yourself, reduce yourself to now someone else's leftovers. You are, you are a child of God and he forgives you, he redeems you and he makes you pure as if nothing had ever happened. Your child and whatever has happened is now in addition to your journey and there is greatness ahead of you. Yes. Greatness ahead of you. Ahead. Um,
0: so I was lost and I realized through my pregnancy and as I was going through healing um, because I've Felt that way. I had considered abortion, um, which is something I always told myself I would never find myself in a position to decide and here I am eating my words and I just felt my one thing my mom always asked of me is please just get married first because my brother had kids first and my sister had kids first and marriage never came and so my mom like always wanted that desire for me to build from right start and so it's like I just felt like I ruined I'm her only shot at this (laughs) and I just tore that dream down and so I just felt like a huge disappointment so for me I was going through all those things and being a single mom there was not a dad in the picture Um, and being pregnant and um, and so I remember God revealing to me that like I I gave you Levi You thought this was ruining your life, but it was my way of rescuing your life. And um, when I realized his purpose in my life, I was really uh, set on making sure that I didn't put him in just anyone's hands. And um, that was a, a big reason why for a year and a half I rejected Adrian because I wasn't ready. I didn't, I had committed myself and promised to myself that I would not date around. I I did not want my son to experience that. I didn't want to put him in a situation and so I was just set on the next guy I date is my husband. I don't know when that'll be. So when I met Adrian, And we were friends and I had that moment that Sunday what made me feel safe putting my son and myself in his hands was because of the consistency and the honor and the respect that he showed me when we weren't dating because those were his actions where he got nothing in return for so long
1: nothing in return ladies are you listening yes. all right
0: but he honored me and respected me more than any guy that I dated and um, and I just knew that and he, he's younger than me he was only 21 when we started dating and almost 22 and he didn't have anything in life figured nothing. out um,
1: uh, he had nothing
0: nothing in life figured out <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> um, but it, it, it wasn't the what he had or what he didn't have. It was the values that I saw in him. It was the evidence that I saw in him that made me know that this is going to be okay.
1: Now, I take this young lady to my home because I need to have a conversation with her.
2: <laughs>
1: Our face. Our face. <laughs> I I sat with my wife and I'm just her. I think Baba was there
3: too.
1: They both were there. Okay. Shh. Yeah, Spanish. Yeah, yeah, I was speaking Spanish. <laughs> Listen carefully. She's crying about her love for my boy. Like crying. Like like she had, like if she was crying, like it, it was like the, the most amazing thing. The mo- I look over at my son and he's like, he's like, 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 it's just a boy, it's just a boy. I can't wrap my head around, what? Like I, son, that's too, it's too, it's too much. And I'm listening to this lady describe my son, and I can't believe she's talking about my son that way Because they don't have anything but values And if it weren't enough then I'm gonna Move over from Rebecca, and I sat down with Jessica. I did the same thing. I said, and I told her over and over, you know, you could run.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you don't have to do this, and she's crying. I'm like, going, huh, two of them, <laughs> and he had Nothing. <laughs> Goodness! Now let's, let's move Man, time is going so fast Fast forward, you get married You begin your life After your normal hiccups of, of getting to know each other There's normal hiccups, right? Stuff that happens You get to know each other um, Jessica, yes or no? Do you regret your gamble? No. Uh, Rebecca, do you regret your gamble? Oh, no. No Why? How
0: could I? <laughs> uh, he's the father that I prayed <laughs> I mean, that entertains me every day. (laughs) Um, No, he's an answer to the prayers that I prayed, the prayers that I should have prayed and didn't even think of for myself. He is what I didn't know I deserved. Look at me. Mm -hmm.
1: Describe. Describe. The man. No, look at me. (laughs) Describe to me the man that your hubby is. And try and pretend that he is not in this room, all right? Try to pretend that he's not even listening. In your description, don't include the fatherhood attributes. Just describe him as a man. What is your observation of him as a man?
0: He is consistent. God-fearing. Brave. Funny, loving, selfless.
1: You?
3: Describe?
1: Describe him, he's not in the room, yeah. he's not even listening. What kind, and don't talk about what kind of a father he is, no. Yeah. I want you to, what kind of a man is he? Describe him.
3: He builds a life every day every day for us that we are... You're not happy. describing
1: your children, your... are be- no, no, no. Just you. For me, and him, yeah.
3: he makes sure that he builds the life where we are happy. And he is... Um, he has strong faith for God. He is a leader. He is a leader. And that for me is a lot because I'm a leader too. But he shines and the way that he, I, I'm, I'm comfortable in, in trusting him and how he makes decisions. He is um, very intentional in growing himself and growing us. He is very, he, he makes sure that we have a life that's 50-50, that I don't have to worry about things at home, because he is present. Mm. So he is present in getting to know me. He is present on how I'm feeling. He's always intentional and, and that I'm okay. Like every day, like you okay. Your eyes is blinking and your face is like that. How you are doing, like every day he's intentional in how I'm doing. I don't have to worry about nothing. I don't have to my my house is good, tidy and he's a very handy man, very smart man. He can figure out mechanics, poop, electric, everything. So I don't have to I don't have to think about things that mama had to think. I don't have to stress about things that people stress about. Papa got it. And he is also very punctual. He is um, he, he is very punctual, that is for me like, he respects people's time, he respects my time. So that for me is, is one of the tasks. Like he don't play with people's time, he don't play with my time, he don't play with church time. So he's very intentional giving always the best and not being me, me, mediocre of mediocre. things. So, um, and. The thing that my dream was when after I met him and I started making a dream was I want to be happy and I want to be that, live a life that we don't have to ask for forgiveness. So after 13 years, we are in the same harmony. We are like thinking the same and I'm happy. I'm happy. And he makes me happy. I was supposed to do all that. I know, I, know. <laughs> I got to do
1: it. <laughs> Quickly, because it's almost, we got to wrap this up quickly. Describe him as a father. Jessica, you go first.
0: Um, he is.
1: Now, in, in this description, you have a blended family. Yeah. Yeah. That comes without <laughs> challenges. So describe him as a father.
0: Yeah. Uh, he is intentional with each relationship with his children. Um, all three of them are very different and have different needs and different ways of bonding with him. Um, and he is intentional about making moments that are just for them um, and connecting with them. He spends a lot of time with our boys, um, just answering uh probably can't say I'm on live stream but um educating them on their bodies on their minds on things they're gonna face um and while it's very entertaining um for me as a mom it gives me peace because I know that my boys are being prepared for what's next in their life and their development where they're going um He's a consistent example for them of a great, a great man, a great husband, a husband they should be when they get married, a father they should be when they have children, um, mm-hmm. a friend. He teaches them honor and respect. It might not show all the time, <laughs>
1: but I miss, I'm, uh, my kids, uh,
0: you know, they, you know, they do. I but, but he's a very consistent example for them and very adamant and intentional with his children
1: quickly unlike rebecca you have a daughter when you when you look at your husband as a father to your little girl you too as a little girl what's the contrast
0: I think as a little girl, for me, I always wanted, and I had it, I think just as I grew up and went through different stages in my life, it changed. But um, I wanted a certain relationship with my dad and I wanted love a certain way from my dad. And in my adult life, I realized that because of his life and things he's experienced and how he was raised in the era that he's raised in. He's in his 70s. Um, his way of loving me was by providing and I learned to accept that and honor that and love that about him. Um, but for my, my daughter, um, seeing her be best friends with her dad it's like, we always joke about it, but it's like, I'm the wife and she's the other woman. <laughs> um, but in, like, the best way, because they're role dogs. and uh, But I just pray that when she's ready for a husband, that she thinks back on the relationship she has with her dad and looks for that. Because um, he does a wonderful job with her and he's very intentional with her separately from the boys.
3: For you? Um, so I had two boys and um, Papa is present. And even he always remind me, hey, you spend 12 hours in your office and you have not spent time with your boys because he is intentional in spending time with the kids. The other thing is that Everything that he does every day with the kids, it reminds them, uh, I'm training you to be a dad, and I'm training you to be a husband, and I'm training you to be a man. So he's always hold on, hold on. training them.
1: Parents, are you listening to that? Are, are you listening to that? Yeah. That's that's what we're doing. We're training. We're, we're training. So I, I appreciate hearing that really appreciate hearing that
3: guy and and even um he he requests from them that they are applying that and then they dream that like he is modeling or shaping their manhood. like you have to do this you do things this way when you marry somebody you go like they are always like thinking and dreaming oh i'm going to do that i'm going to like they are in training like uh wanted to be a dad, wanted to be a, a, a husband, and, and it's all that they, they talk about. Yes. And I remember my, my dad passed away last year, and we were planning a trip a, a day because we were going to see my family because my dad passed away so quick. Um, and, and I remember I was crying, I was a mess, getting ready, suitcase and everything, and papa sent the kids, and I was in the other room, and say, hey, you go into Mexico, and you go there to take care of your mom and that is your assignment for this trip. And the whole 10 days that I was in Mexico, my kids were there feeding me, giving me water, being, and other kids were playing, but they had an assignment for that trip.
1: When you have children, your life is easier. When you have children, your life is easier. If you are smart and intentional and purposeful, the more children you have, your life is easier. You're training up your children so you have more help. Ch- children are resilient. They are sponges, they absorb. So your life shouldn't be harder, your life should be easier. And if your life is harder with the kids you have, then you should have to question your training, the things that you're doing. So, is that, is... is
3: yeah, and and, and Papadim went to this trip with us, but he said, I'm not going to be there but you're going to be there doing what I would do for your mom. And for me, that was wow. And those kids, they spend the time treating me and helping me through those days that I was in Mexico. When you
1: When I raised the boys, one of the things that I, I told the boys young, you're not dating around. You're not going to be those kind of boys. You're, you're not breaking hearts. Not in this home. I'm not gonna applaud the many girlfriends you have. That's, that's not the kind of dad I am and that's not the kids I'm raising. I'm raising husbands. I'm gonna raise amazing husbands. I'm gonna raise amazing fathers. And this is how I'm talking to three and four year old boys. I didn't laugh and I didn't entertain the little many girlfriends or anything like that or give them the high five, how many girlfriends you got? How many numbers did you get? No. Was teaching them to be fathers to be dads I mean to be husbands let's wrap this up this is the last question guys and we're done last question now think back 10 years 13 years look at your life things that you guys experienced together and 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 then the years I mean you guys have had highs and lows you've had hiccups you had challenges but, but you said, I'm happy. You said, I'm happy. You asked the average wife if she's happy in her marriage, she can't answer that. He's okay, he's, I mean, he's, he's workable. And you ask a husband, are you happy in your life? I, I, are you having fun in your life, in your marriage? You guys have all of that covered. It's all covered. Think about mom for a moment. Let's go back to now. Think about mom. You just talked about how hard your mom's life was. How difficult, challenging, how tired mom was. And I want you to think for a moment. What... What life, and I know this is a little weird to think about, but what would life be like for your mom and yours, Jess, if if your mom had an Adrian and, and your dad and your mom had a, a Bobble? What would you see different, perhaps, for your moms? We're not bashing dad, your pet dads, uh, but in contrast, if you look at your mama. And if she had the companion that you have,
3: she will be happy, rested, and fulfilled.
0: Um, Happy, at peace, Um, independent, but dependable. Soft and vulnerable. She is, but more so. More so. Um unguarded. Yeah. Okay.
1: So so this wraps up the chat. All right. Um now I want you listen carefully to this, right? Because I'm not being um, I'm not boast but maybe a little. Just just hear me out though. Because many of you have in-laws in the mix of decision making and decisions, things that you observe. Jessica and Rebecca did my relationship play a role in some of the decisions and the risks that you made?
3: I always I thought before and after that we would not be okay without, for, you would not be okay as felon. So, and I always saw you as Papo, seeing himself to be accountable. So, yes, plays a, a great role because I always felt comfortable to go back to you and say, "Hey, we are not doing good. Mm-hmm. So I want you to help us to get there." So you shape our marriage a lot because I knew that as we were going through hiccups, that was not. That was not it. Like, we were able to get to a different stage and a different uh, type of harmony and relationship. So you were able to, um, to keep Papa accountable and to keep me accountable and say, hey, how we get there? Mm-hmm. So you help us to change that.
1: Did you ever see your father-in-law have a preference between you and my son?
3: No, never. Uh, even Papa always said that um, that you prefer me instead of him. But I think you prefer the true, not the now what's right. But um, you never, you were so intentional in healing what was going on, not just I don't know. You, you weren't, you never cared about who' fault was that. You're like, hey, how we fix this? What is the next step?
1: All right, for you, Jess.
0: So for me, it it wasn't just a on the whim risk, right? It's calculated. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, and intentional, but I felt like your guys's relationship and and you. I'm very. I'm an observer. I'm a people watcher, and I, because actions are so important to me, I care less about what's said and more about what people do, and seeing for myself the family structure and culture that I wish I had. My parents loved me and we had a loving home but um, it wasn't happy all the time and um, and so seeing that, and seeing its consistency over those two years where we were just friends and doing ministry together on the worship team, um, I knew that he didn't have those values and things on his own. And through relationship, it was, even if I knew that, like, we were hitting a rough patch just like Rebecca, I knew that... um, I knew that I could trust your position and advice in our marriage
1: now the reason the reason I brought this up right the reason I brought this up uh, it's because I wanted you guys to know and remind you guys my marriage was failing I had lived through 12 years of a living hell in my home with my wife my wife and I were in and and we were in a abusive relationship abusive relationship 12 years there was no hope in our marriage and our future everything that you hear here everything that you're hearing here all of this stuff only happened because of the grace of of Jesus in our life. When Jesus came into my life and I opened my heart to Jesus and I surrendered completely, I learned how to be a husband. I learned how to be a father. I I learned I, I learned everything that God intended for a man, but it was after my surrender to Jesus. Not a religion, not no crazy faith, not just a church. It was my life to Christ. How can I become more and more like Jesus? When I became more and more like Jesus, I became more and more attractive to my wife. So all of these things that you hear here, all of those things were all a byproduct of the surrender to Jesus had I not surrendered to Jesus, none of this. And listen, when I get to look at my grandchildren, and I get to look at their faces, and I get to see the kind of husbands they're gonna be, the kind of families they're gonna have, I get to say and look at Satan and say, you thought you had me, but God had another purpose for my life. So I'm here to tell you that if you think, you think your story has ended, there is so much more to your story so much more to your story. I want to pray for you. Can we thank Rebecca and Jessica? Thank you, guys. Love you. Love you, guys.
0: Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.